We're going to try to jump into a whole lot of stuff here today. I think that this is going to be really powerful. This is Elijah 4. Uh, what we know about Elijah is that he was uh, the New Testament's most mentioned prophet of the Old Testament. We also know that before the Messiah would come, that Elijah had to come again. We know that Elijah was one of two that visited Jesus in the Mount Transfiguration before he uh, was crucified. And when he was sweating drops of blood and begging the Father that there'd be another alternative way than for him to die. Uh, we know that Elijah uh, was one of two people in the whole Bible that never died. And uh, Elijah was a special dude. Uh, heaven marked him as, as particular. And it was the things about the way that he lived that was, that was truly powerful. But what I, I want you to know is that it doesn't matter how grand you are, there's also a, a little bit of brokenness in all of you. Uh, I question people that pretend like they have it all together. Uh, because when I read of heaven's generals, the Lord shows us their brokenness. And uh, today I'm going to show you a little bit more of Elijah's brokenness, and, uh, but what caused him to be so, so wonderful. Uh, are you all with me on this? So uh, we know that he had the boldness to hear God, but speak to whomever God told him what God said. I want to hear God's voice. And I have learned that the more that I actually do what he says, the more often I hear. It's like it gets a little bit easier. Um, he called fire down from heaven. He approached kings. He, Man, Elijah did some rad things. But today... I got some new stuff for you. Would you all stand to your feet for the reading of God's word? Man, I'm not going to lie. I like this passage. And you probably don't even care about it. That's the why I love about it so much here. So this is a, uh, not because you don't like this passage. It's just boring to some people, but it's not boring to me. I've loved this passage for years. First Kings chapter 19, verse 19. So Elijah went and found Elisha the son of Saphath, plowing a field. And there was 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elijah was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him, and he threw his cloak across his shoulders and walked away. And Elijah left the oxen standing there, and he ran after Elijah and said to him, First, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye. And then... I will go with you. And Elijah replied, go back. Go on back. But think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from his plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. And he passed around the meat to the townspeople. And they all ate. And then he went to, with Elijah as his assistant. Let's pray. Hey, Jesus, help. Help. Amen. All right, cool. Um, I had a really hard time preparing this message. Uh, I wrote it, and then I rewrote it, and then I rewrote it, and then this morning the Lord made it more clear to me. In this uh, time together, I really feel like the Lord wants to emphasize one thing. It was almost like it was the only thing that the Lord could really, sometimes I'm preparing a message and I feel like I have so many things to say, and I'm going to have a lot of things to say as we extract all of this from God's word. However, the highlight that I really feel like the Lord wanted to do in you today 
is that he wanted to create a passion in you again for your calling. He wanted to create a passion in you for your calling. In this passage, we hear about many people, but we know about two. We know that Elijah anointed Elisha to become the next prophet of Israel. And that's just awesome. If you would know what's about to happen, Elisha then becomes even a greater deal than Elijah because a double portion of his anointing goes on to do cooler things than Elijah would do. But Elijah is still the one that we know more about. So I wanted to, before we get into what happens here, I want to give you the prequel on what went, what, what got us to this point. There's two callings that I know about in this passage. I know about Elijah and I know about Elisha's. Elisha is about to do great things for the Lord. And Elijah walks up to him and takes his cloak and throws it on the kid and walks away. Now, if you were to follow these chapters, 19, 20, 21, 22, you would reread, you would reread that it again and again in scripture, Elijah is kind of annoyed by this punk kid, Elisha. So much so that Elisha keeps asking if he could go with Elijah, and Elijah keeps kind of like rejecting the kid. Like, dude, would you just get away from me? Like, can you just space, dude? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm about? Anyone ever like have those people that are like close talkers? Feels like Elijah feels that of Elisha. Like, dude, if you don't back up, I swear, give you the old left-handed, you know, fellowship here. Uh, uh, but um, I, uh, I think in this passage, what got Elijah to this point? So it says that Elijah walked up, threw his cloak on him, and walked away. And Elisha ran up to him and said, please let me follow you. And he says, just go back. Why? Well, let me take you there. The passage just before this, what we find is that Elijah... I can't mix these things up because it'll be wicked confusing. Elijah, remember last week we talked about Elijah being on the mountain trying to hear God's voice, right? He's in the cave. He's really crying out, God, I really want to hear your voice. I want to hear God's voice. I want God to speak to me. And what I am learning again in this season of my life is if you want God to speak, you need to make time. You need to make space. You, you, you need to set yourself apart so that you can be clear with the Lord. This means a lot to me. And I really want the Lord to get a hold of you. And I just wonder, is there, is there room in, the Lord's, in your life for the Lord? So, he's on this mountain, and what we hear is he says in verse 14, I have zealously served the Lord Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, They've torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Then the Lord told him, go back the way you came. Travel to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive there, excuse me, I want you to anoint this guy to be king and this guy to be king. And I want you to anoint Elisha, the son of Sapheth, from the town of some weird place here, to replace you as my prophet. Did you catch that? Yes. I don't know about you, 
but that would not feel good for me. Let me just tell you, what, what if your boss brings you into your office and says, hey, um, you're being not promoted, replaced, and you get to go tell the guy, congratulations. This is, this is what they call bitter, not bittersweet, this is bitter. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? This, is, this doesn't feel good. This is not what Elijah came to hear when he came to the mountain of God to meet with the Lord. He was hoping he was gonna get something different, but Elijah was always obedient. He did obey the Lord. When God spoke to him, he did what God asked. And he's going to anoint these guys as kings, and he's going to anoint this kid as the next prophet of Israel. And I just wonder, if God calls you to be the next janitor of the smallest company you ever heard, would you wash those toilets ever so faithfully? What if he calls you to do what you don't want to do? It's not as glorious as I thought. God, I really wanted to have kids and I'm stuck with diarrhea and throw up. And like, like what, if the, the, what if what you dreamed of doesn't look like what you thought it was going to be? Because often it doesn't. Let me show you. Let me just back it up a little bit further. What God Elijah prior to the being on the mountain that he's complaining to the Lord this is what he says to the Lord when he complains. He says it twice. I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken down, broken their covenant with you, torn down their altars, and killed every one of your prophets. And I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. This is his prayer. He's not saying this to, to nobody. He's saying this to Jesus. And he says it again. He said it in verse 10. In verse 14, this is, he says, again, he replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, turned down their altars, and killed every one of your prophets, and I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Why are you saying this, Tim? Well, because he said that, and before he said that, this is what he said. Right after he called fire down from heaven, y'all. Coolest thing in the world, man. I mean, dude, he's like, hey, watch what God's going to do. Come on, Lord. Like, that's awesome, man. And after that happened, Jezebel said she wanted to kill him, and he freaked out, and he ran from her. And in verse 4 of 1 Kings 19, then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat under a solitary broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than the ancestors who have already died. And I had this thing that was happening this morning. It prompted me to have a question. What prayers have you unintentionally prayed recently? What has come out of your mouth that was supposed to be a big deal, and instead recently you've said, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired of this. God marked it as important, but you've had enough. And I just wonder, what if God answered that prayer? Because there's some things in our life that the Lord said this is urgent, and you thought it was urgent, but we've mistreated what God deemed holy and priority in our life And it's awful. And so Elijah prays this prayer, Lord, I'm sick and tired. I just want to die. And the Lord kind of answers the prayer. From this day forward, he kind of 
sets in motion. All right, we'll just take you out of the picture, Jack, and I'll replace you with someone else who will be twice as good as you. I didn't want that. Be careful if you're sick and tired of your marriage because you might one day see them with someone twice as awesome as you. Be careful if you're sick and tired of your kids or your job or whatever it is that God has deemed important in your life because with our mouth comes life and death. I think of what Reinhard Bunke said. You guys have heard me say this so many times. Some of you are like, who the heck is Reinhard Bunke? He's the greatest man. He just passed away last year, uh, but he was one of the greatest evangelists that's ever lived. In the scripture, we see in the book of Acts chapter two, uh, when 3,000 people came to Christ, but Reinhard Bunke has done crusades in Africa where more than a million people gave their lives to Christ in a single night. I mean, come on, dude. This dude is a man of God. And he was talking to the Lord one day and someone asked him, hey, uh, how'd you get to be the, the God's number one general? And he said, God didn't pick me. He picked others. They just wouldn't answer the call. I just want you to know, many are called, but few are chosen. But we're all replaceable. This is not a fun word, Pastor Tim. I'd like another one. I, I, I know that I know that I know that sometimes we grow weary in well-doing. I know that I know that I know that sometimes we just, we just feel stuck. And when I'm looking at Elijah, I wonder how did he get to this place? Well, he began listening to the wrong voices like Jezebel. He began listening to the world talk to him instead of him staying in tune with the Lord. The scripture says that he ran all day long and I wonder sometimes if you're just overworking yourself doing things that God's not asking you to do. He also said that he ran all day long. So he ran and he ran all day. And sometimes when you're doing work you're not supposed to be doing and you're not managing your time correctly, whew, recipe for burnout right there, guys. And the most important thing that happened on that day that I could see with Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19 is that the scripture says that it doesn't say anywhere about him having connected with the Lord that day. And so I just wonder, what does your prayer life look like? Because when you don't actually stay connected with the Lord, it said that he was alone, overworking, overmaxing his time, not connected with Jesus. This is a recipe for disaster. And some of us, we prefer solitude. But the Lord does not prefer your solitude. Maybe for a moment, maybe for an encounter, but we were designed to be with each other. Your strengths, my weaknesses, my weaknesses, your strengths. What? You know what I mean. <laughs> and I want the Lord, I believe the Lord is trying today to give back to some people their passion for their calling. Because you've been called. And some of us have just gotten complaining. We've just gotten, you know, yucky. We, just too long. And, and, you know, when I think about fruit, when fruit goes bad and you squeeze it, you're going to get yuck coming out of that fruit. And if yuck is coming out of your mouth, it all, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. So when, when life starts squeezing you and, and yuck comes out, 
It's because you got yuck going on inside. Your calling is second to go and do great things. It's always first to be with him. He is our greatest calling. Always, always, always. And I just want to make sure that the body of Christ isn't selling their calling. Because it's hard. There's a whole world of people out there that would die for purpose. And a church that's sleeping on it. Y'all with me? You still like your pastor? All right. When was the last time you said that you're done? You've had enough. I just, um, I want to make sure that we could just take a moment and think about the things. I'm just going to give a moment of silence just for about 20 seconds. What is priority in your life and how are you treating it? I hear people say all the time, that's the most important thing in my life. Show me, what's that look like? Hmm. If you are in a season of heaviness, I challenge you, listen, anxiety, heaviness, frustration, anyone? Praise the Lord. Nope, this isn't like a, a cool thing where you turn a song on. Praise the Lord. It's a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. You take off that heaviness, you put on praise, and you think of a million reasons why you got something to praise God for, and you watch that yuck fall off. It's a warfare strategy, and you got a war going on in your mind, and you got to take it off. Praise the Lord. Elijah, man of God, who lived on the mountains, found himself in a valley of stink. That's a good word right there, y'all. Don't do it alone. Don't run out of time. Don't max out doing other stuff that don't matter. And stay connected with people. Cool. I'm going to turn the page. Elijah was one dude we're reading about in this story. And now here's another. Y'all ready for this? This is the best stuff here. I said all that to say this. My man, Elisha. Shah. So Elijah went and found Elisha plowing in a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field and Elijah was plowing the 12th team. You know what that tells me? Elijah wasn't even good. I don't know about you, but every time I read someone in the scripture called to do something, it's like they weren't really good at what they were doing. And if you feel like you're not great at what you're doing or you're not the perfect person to be the next Bible teacher or leading a connect group or doing something, you're probably the most qualified person because God doesn't need ability. In fact, most people's ability gets in the way of his ability. He actually does, he performs better under humility. That was a free nugget for you right there. All right. And so, Elijah's plowing the 12th team. And Elijah went over to him, and he threw his cloak. Oh, I have to go back to Elijah. 
I don't know if you can imagine this, but I have to picture what it was like farming thousands of years ago in the sun. Crappy job, right? I mean, you're behind oxen. This, they stink, and you catch all the crap all day long. No one signs up for this job. This is hard work without air conditioning. Yesterday, I went somewhere, and we were out in the sun for like three hours doing nothing, and it was awful. I mean, I was like, oh my goodness. And there's people that have portable fans that they're just holding on themselves. I'm like, man, we are so, like, what culture we live in, man, is like, we are so blessed and lazy and comfortable and all kinds of stuff. Elisha had a terrible job, and all day long when he worked, he thought to himself, I hate this job. God, if you just give me one chance to do something great for you, I'll do it better than anyone you ever met. God, I would just love to do something wonderful for you. And I believe that the Lord found Elisha because he was standing behind that ox and going, God, one day, one day I want to lay hands on the sick. One day, God, I want to I pray for people and see couples reconciled. God, one day, I want to travel the nations and hug little kids and tell them about the gospel. One day, God, I want to do great things for you. God, if you just give me the opportunity, I would love to go. God, if you speak to me, I'll say it. God, if you speak, I will obey. God, whatever it is, I want to do it. God, if you just call my number. Remember when you had a dream about the things that God would do through your life? Because if you're not careful, you'll get stuck in the mundane, forgetting what's really important in your life. And I believe that today God is trying to bring you back to remembering there's a call of God on your life. And there's a lot of other stuff that we're doing that doesn't matter as much. Elijah had a dream. And as Elijah's walking with this thing and Elijah comes up to him and he throws his cloak on him, which is like a jacket. It was a symbol of him being like awesome. You know, it kind of, I don't know, be like you getting to take home my throne or something like that. I don't know what it was, but he threw it on him and he walked away and Elijah stopped him and said, hey, can I go with you? And he said, no, he said, just give me a minute to go home, say goodbye to my mom, my dad, and I'll be right with you. And Elijah said to him, I want you to go, go back, go on back and think about what I've done to you today. Let me just stop there because those are good words to ponder on. I want you to go home today, says your pastor. And I want you to think about what the Lord did for you today. Not just today, but years ago. I, I remember when the call of God came on my life. I remember when pastor laid his hands on me in an altar right about here in a church. And I remember when the spirit of God came on me and I cried and I cried and I cried and I dreamed. I had no idea what was happening. My whole body was, oh my goodness, what is going on? But I believed that God, if you can use anyone, could you do something important with me? Can you make my life significant? Because when he puts a dream in your life, you gotta make sure that you're not living someone else's dream. Because you're gonna have a lot of people that tell you what you're supposed to do. But the only thing that matters is what he put in you. 
This is better preaching than y'all are giving me credit for right now. Someone's <laughs> got to help me out with this here. I just feel like some of y'all are stuck. This isn't part of the sermon, but I've done this in another sermon. Y'all ever, probably most of you guys have not, but for all y'all old folks in here, remember the movie The Jerk with Steve Martin at the end of the movie? And he was like, he's, he's like this millionaire who gets all of this stuff and then, and then he goes bankrupt and they, they tell him they're gonna take everything from him. And, and he, at the end of the movie, he's walking out of this like mansion going, you know what, I don't need any of these things. All these things are worthless except this lamp. This lamp is the only thing I need in this world. And this paddle ball, you know, and this ashtray. That's all I need. I don't need anything else except this dog. And then the dog like pees on him or something. And he's like, I don't need that dog anyway. And he's like, I, and, he, and he really, he's got nothing. But he filled his life with stuff that didn't matter. And that's what we're doing. It's the American scenario. Like Google and Facebook and everything is marketing stuff in your attention, making you feel like you need pulling you from the dream that God put inside of you. And Elijah's plowing, and, he, and Elijah, Elijah said to him, go back and think about what happened to you today. And I love the answer, man. I love Elijah, Elisha goes back, and in scripture says that he takes the oxen and he kills them. <laughs> I love it. And it says that he burnt the plowshares, and then he used that, the, the wood, the yoke, to make a fire to cook that, them cattle on so that everyone can have steaks. Hey, steaks on me, guys. Everyone, let's eat, because I'm never coming back. That's the plan. I just want you to know, this is the last time you're going to see me, because I'm serving the Lord. I'm going after him. And I want you to know the strategy of everyone that did great things in Scripture. Look at Peter. The leader of the known church, Jesus says, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. What's the first thing he did? Dropped the nets, left the boat. Where are we going, Jesus? Why? Because I'm not coming back to do this, this nonsense anymore. Wherever you're taking me is where I'm going, Lord. I heard a story. Um, uh, I like history. It's really fun for me. And I can butcher history in situations like this. But there's this guy, uh, that he's from Spain, I believe, and his name was uh, Cortez. And uh, they had heard the story about the Aztec gold. You guys ever hear this? And he sailed across the seas for, for new land. And uh, when they got there, they, they realized they arrived at the place of the Aztec gold. There was more than 600 of their dudes. And when they got there and they saw the size of the army of the Mayans, they were like, dude, we didn't bring enough people with us. This is a suicide mission. And many of them started complaining and they, some of them started getting back on the boats and leaving. And, uh, and, and, and Cortez says, I know what we're gonna do. Here's the next assignment. I, I'm the leader. You're gonna listen to me. I want you to go down to the ships and uh, take, burn them all. I'm like, what are we gonna burn the ships for? He says, because if we go home, we're not going home on those ships. We're gonna go home on their ships. There's no way out. We came here for that. We're leaving with that or we're not leaving. Burn it all. And what I love that we see Elisha do is he burned everything else that was got in the way of the call of God on his life. And so I don't know what you got to do, but if you got to 
He, those cattle, punch them, kick them, stab them, burn them, do whatever you got to do. But make sure that cattle is dead and gone and you got no reason to come back home. What did God call you to do? Do you remember your dream? Do you remember your covenant with your family? What's priority and what's in the way? Some of y'all need to go home and take Samson right off the mantle and just throw it right out and you know, just get rid of that stinking TV. I don't know what you gotta do, but there's a lot of stuff that we're filling with the space that God wanted to be anointed and, and we let the call of God grow old and stagnant and get yucky. Elisha ended up with twice the anointing of Elijah. And I believe that God's calling you to do greater things than me. But you're getting in your way. If we do this thing right, we're all supposed to be anointed of the ones that came before us. When I pray over my kids, I have the highest expectations of God for their life. I'm not gonna tell them what their calling is. I'm gonna let them figure that out on their own. But I wanna make sure that the people come behind me are greater than the life that I live. How do we end this thing? Would y'all mind bowing your heads, close your eyes for a second? Hey, um, I think it's, some of it's your actual job, like some of you called you to start a business or to do something significant for his kingdom and you're not managing that the right way. There's some repentance that we gotta do, some change that needs to happen. Some of you, it's children that you have. And you're not, you're not present the way God called you to be. There's some repentance and change that needs to happen. It's your marriage. And some of you, it's just your relationship with him. We have occupied our time and our energy with stuff that's not our part of our calling. We can take on other people's tasks and jobs and miss the big picture. You are called by God to do something that no one else is called to do. And we cannot miss that assignment. As great or as simple as it is, we are a people that will obey the Lord when he speaks. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here and you say, Pastor, there's something in my life that I need to get realigned. I can see the compass is off and you're talking to me today. If that's you, will you raise your hand right now? That's awesome, man. Jesus, I repent. I'm sorry. I don't want you to take my calling and give it to someone else. I want it. You gave me a dream and I want to see it come to pass in my life. Help me to be intentional. Help me to be mindful. Help me to manage my time. Help me to make, bring changes. But I want what you have for me, God. I want to make a difference. I want to move mountains. 
I want to heal the sick. I want, I want to influence people financially. I want to be able to give into people's lives. I want to touch. I want to sow. I want to speak. I want to, I want to, I want to teach the word of God. Uh, Lord, I want to be used by you. I want other people to worship because of the word that you put in my life. Help me. Help me to see the things that are out of order that I can get them out of my life. Lord, I love you and I love the calling that you have and I love your presence in my life and I want to bow my knee one day to you in heaven and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to do the things that you've called me to do better than anyone else could. Teach me, God. I pray right now over this people that you would help us burn the ships. Whatever is in our life that's in the way, let us see it. What needs to go? What needs to go? Your word says, Lord, that your Holy Spirit convicts us and leads us into all righteousness. We ask for your holy conviction this week. Let us see what we have not seen. And we trust in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I believe in this time today that he wants his people to be passionate about their callings again. And let me be clear. Some of us were blessed to never get married. And you re- it really is a blessing because your calling is, is more simplified. But if, if you've gotten married, your, your calling gets a little bit more complicated, right? Because now you've got to serve the Lord and you've got to figure out how to serve somebody. It's, it's not as easy. I'll tell you right now, it's hard. <laughs> and then if you've got kiddos, Sorry. <laughs> You're blessed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's extra complicated. But we want to make sure we put priority in order. We always love the Lord first. And we make the most time for him. And then our families. And then our children. And everything else. Let's put things back in priority in our life. Repent if you got to. But I want to be passionate about the things that God's called me to do. Y'all with me? I love you guys. Peaks and valleys. Oy. God, I ain't letting no one else have my calling or my chair. (laughs) Just kidding. Hey, I love you guys. Father, this week, I pray that you would use us to reach a dying world. I pray that we would love you like no one else, that we would love the body of Christ like no one else, that you would make us and that, that our love for one another be a testimony to a world that you live and that you reign. I thank you for what you're doing in our church. 